Welcome to the stripped down know nothing podcast focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, from wall to wall, from snack time to silver ball. We're It's All Been Done, the podcast. I'm Saker, and I am what I am, and that's all that I am. <laughs> I'm Evan, and I collect sticks <laughs> this is a lie i feel like evan when i was a kid i collected sticks my son is starting to collect sticks but this isn't the sun podcast wait whoa whoa how do you determine what sticks are worth collecting and I, which i liked the ones that look most like swords to be honest because I, I would see. swing them around my mom wouldn't get me any like uh, guns or anything like that well not like real <laughs> guns but the plastic would... guns right you know like squirt guns and stuff like oh that. my mom so bought me magnums and uh ak-47s oh, yeah, from yeah, a young yeah. age yeah. um did you pretend like the sticks were guns or was no, this swords a... i was always a sword boy always a sword boy this is the sword cast remember and then you grew up and uh and you became I a fantasy never writer touched a sword again <laughs> that's also not after true. i killed my best friend in the siege of kyoto jesus did this this is i feel like this this is a fake story, Evan. <laughs> yeah, it is. What did you collect when you were a kid? What did I collect? Every kid has a collection, right? I collected pewter figurines, too, before, like, those, you know those, do you remember Raoul Partha? I feel like that's an anagram that you're trying to trick me into, <laughs> like, am. summoning Satan? Or... No, 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 it's not, we're not, we're What not is Raoul Partha? It was like a figurine company. Like a Hummel, sort and, of? Yeah, you would go to the mall, like a mall kiosk, and they would have, like, those little pewter figurines that were all kind of like they had like shadow they, they had taken like spray paint on them and spray painted them black and then like sanded it off so they looked like all shadowed and neat fuck no <laughs> and they had like little crystals in them really like a little shitty mall kiosk and i fucking loved those i couldn't stop <laughs> i couldn't stop buying them you I were had, like, a child who collected hummel figurines not, <laughs> yeah, yes precious moments <laughs> precious moments <and> dolls. <laughs> This is real weird. But what did you collect? I mean, obviously I, you collect like video games now. Now, yes. Uh, back then, I was a child who didn't have a collection. Is that weird? I feel like that's less weird than having like I collected little shiny okay. rocks. So this is this is sort of pertinent to the song that we're talking about today. But so didn't you ever like get a uh, I don't know like a, a magazine or or any sort of like advertisement in the mail and just like page through and be like oh if I had if I could buy anything I wanted in here here's what I would buy I would buy this I would buy that I would buy this I would buy that I'm gonna tell you one story and then we're gonna get to our guests okay when I was like six my parents had this like farm catalog with like uh -huh. seeds and stuff uh -huh. and they kept it in the bathroom and I remember going in there and reading it every day while I pooped and one day I came out of the bathroom and. And uh, I was regaling my parents with just like specific breeds and species of and your corn. Dad just took it and threw it away. <laughs> just beat me with the magazine. <laughs> no, they were so impressed, and my mom still talks about that to this day. I've had so many accomplishments in my life, but the time I knew the gestation period for golden sweet corn was, I think, her proudest moment. And you never became a—you had no interest in farming. I or should have been like a farmer. But you know what? We had a perfect pivot point and we missed it. Speaking of swords, F-Boy, yes. and fantasy writing, we have a very appropriate guest for that today. We have a powerhouse of a guest on the podcast. He's a performer at Chicago's IO Theater. He hosts the video game Gaspionage, and he's everybody's favorite shape-shifting scamp chunt. On Hello from the Magic Tavern, it's Adel Rafai. Hi, Adel. How's it going? Hi, Adel. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. This is You uh... set the bar way too high. <laughs> <laughs> 
was it was it gaspionage that really threw you over the top there or yeah when you said powerhouse i was like checks out uh, <laughs> apropos and then you said host gaspionage and i was like oh no <laughs> that's we're actually we've we've bait and switched you this is the gaspionage podcast <laughs> and we just want to ask you about percentages and we're very excited yeah, yeah, it was great <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but uh but uh, we are, we're super excited. I'm a, a huge uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern fan, oh, yeah, and uh, oh, awesome. it is a delight to have you here. Pretty, Thank uh, you so much for having me. Yeah. So but... do, you, do you grant wishes in real life, too? <laughs> Evan I, has... I don't think I grant wishes in fake life. Um, <laughs> I think you're thinking of the genie from the movie Aladdin. That's uh, what we're him. thinking. Oh. Are you not? Oh, that was Robin oh. Williams. Oh, oh okay. This is a different guest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Adol, uh, we're gonna hang up on you and call Rob. Oh, <laughs> actually, yeah, no. Maybe we shouldn't. There. Yeah. Um, Adol, uh, let me ask you a little bit. This is, of course, the Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Your, uh, of course, specialty. What is your background with the Bare Naked Ladies? Can you tell us a little bit about what you know about them, or or if you grew up with them, or what's the deal? Listen up. Because uh, this ride's about to get bumpy. All right. All right. I I didn't get into Bare Naked Ladies until, I think, college, my freshman year of college uh, at Illinois State University. Go Redbirds. Go Redbirds. And I (laughs) was a theater major. And I feel like as a theater major, there would be a lot of parties where you would go and it would be like Darude Sandstorm into Zombie Nation. (laughs) Right. And then after (laughs) after that, it would be... Um, more chill songs until eventually they just put on Rent and everybody sing along. Um, <laughs> but I feel like that's where I first heard Bernie Ladies was like these college parties in like 2000, 2001 as a freshman at ISU. And so I remember hearing, um, I think maybe like Shoebox. Yeah. Was the first, my introductory song. Um, so I feel like that was maybe the first song I heard. And then... Um, the pe- like different people in the theater department were like, you gotta, you did, you've never heard of Bare Naked Ladies? You gotta give it a listen. <laughs> did they over? They're like a poor man's Dave Matthews band. <laughs> I'm trying. Are the logistics? Does that check out? That the I, poor man's Dave Matthews. Yeah. Who? Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> they're like a rich man's Moxie Fruvis. Exactly. Um, that that checks out 100. Yeah, 100%. Did you know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm tilting our hand a little bit. Moxie Fruvis is actually on the song that you listened to today. They're on they, If I Had a Million Dollars? They are on If I Had a Million Dollars. All four members of Moxie Fruvis. I have, I have not said the words Moxie or Fruvis <laughs> in 15 years. And that blo- that legit blows my mind that they are on that track. Yeah. What did they do on the track? They are, uh, and we'll talk more about the track when we get into it. But you know, the choir that comes in during like the third verse and the, the choruses, they are that's them. Part of that choir. That choir is about like twenty five people that they just sort of amalgamated all together. But uh, wow. they got Moxie Fruvis on the track. How can you not? I love that. I love that. They got Moxie Fruvis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They had to pull a bunch of strings, but they were able to secure the first. I was like, I'm putting together a three-on-three basketball team. I got my eight-year-old nephew. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, well, I, you know what? It's funny because I had heard of Moxie Fruvis, so when I saw their name, I was doing a little research for this song. I was like, holy shit, I think I know that. That's amazing. And then, of course, it's just because I... 
I know Moxie Fruvis, I think, because they are the only other band to ever come out of Canada. It's like, gotcha, Bare Naked yeah. Ladies, Moxie Fruvis, and Celine Dion. And, and Boards of Canada. And, oh, you, you tricksy little boy. <laughs> Boards of Canada. Drake. Ain't I a scamp? Let me just say, let me just uh, absolve myself of any sin here. If anybody from Moxie Fruvis is listening, you guys are great. <laughs> I... I don't know their names. I assume it's like Chad and Trent, but yes. Chad, Trent. It's two Chads I, and two Trents. I do like Moxie Fruvis from what I've heard, but I just, it's not a, it's not a rotation in the Refai family home. Um, <laughs> what, what is a but, rotation uh, in the Refai family home? What are you, what are you listening to when you're not listening to Shoebox by Bernicott Ladies? Yes. Oh boy. I feel like I put on a lot of, uh, atmospheric stuff. So it's a lot of like Godspeed, you black emperor. Sure. Like Philip Glass. Um, or like, um, <laughs> what's the, the, <laughs> what's the band from Friday Night Lights? Oh, uh, uh, explosions, explosions in the, the sky. sky. Yeah. They're so great. I feel like I, I put on a lot of that stuff just to get, to get shit done. Hell yeah. Um, but otherwise I like, um, like any other red blooded American guy. I like Radiohead, White Stripes. Um, sure. Oh, yeah, 30-something uh, <laughs> yeah. dude from the Midwest. I'm into it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, okay. So did you did you seek out the ladies after that, or were they just sort of a party staple for you, and you uh, kind of just rediscovered them later? Uh, one, let's never refer to them as the ladies again. <laughs> All right, done and done. Um, <laughs> the Nakes? What, we got to think of an easy way to do I, it. I like the Nakes. Okay, yeah. done. The boys. I like the oh. B-Nakes. <laughs> The um, but I feel like someone, I mean, this was again, like 2001. So this is ripe time for everyone burning CDs. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, Oh, I have a software that will let me burn CDs. Aren't I, you know, mischievous. <laughs> so I feel like somebody burned me a bunch of their albums. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, that's when I kind of got, got into them. That was like prime Napster territory, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. LimeWire. We're talking LimeWire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're in college, you got that DC plus plus. You're across the whole network. You know mm-hmm. what's going on at the, um, at the college. Saker and I went to their big selling point was that everyone had a computer in their room, in their dorm room. Yes. So everyone was stealing everything. <laughs> for sure. I feel like there was when I was maybe a junior in college. I feel like there was some reveal. There's some headline where it was like a bunch of people who used either LimeWire or Napster were getting sued for like fifty thousand bucks a pop. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember there being like the 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 morning that that headline came out. I remember me and some friends sitting in my dorm, like legit scared shitless for like two hours, just being like, "Guys, this is it! Like, this is where our We're lives done. are ruined." Yeah. I'm like, they can obviously, I mean, with with 2001 technology, they can track us. Your 2003 technology, they can track us to where we're at right. and really dismantle us. They were somewhere so I, saying enhance, enhance as you were speaking. Yeah, exactly. Some, you know, but I, I just remember that being like the most terrifying moment of my life of like, well, it's all, I got to pack it up. <laughs> right. Um, I still have that feeling. I think they've instilled it at a deep level within me. Evan, you've actually gotten notices from the DMCA. Is that correct? Yes, but they're not Whoa. for me. They're not for me. They're for, they're for my partner who... <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten calls from like them and they're telling me not to steal. Uh, did you? So I, we, we had a problem with, with that where they called and they said, they have to shut down your account. They didn't say they were going to sue me or anything, but they're going to shut down my account and make sure that I couldn't. Oh, like Time Warner called you'll you never, or something? You'll never get video in this town again. You'll never <laughs> right. get streaming in this town again. But they said, uh, so I, I talked to my partner and he said that we're not going to do this anymore. And then I get a call maybe three months later and they're like, all right, well, 
I guess we have to shut your account down because you're still doing it. I'm like, I can't believe that. My partner would never lie to me about this sort of thing. And they're like, well, did you download Pretty in Pink? I'm like, okay, okay. So I talked to my partner and he was like, um... No, that's bullshit. We have to get a new password for our account because somebody's da- stealing. Someone's stealing. Squatting outside of your house, house downloading John Waters movies. <laughs> I and love then, that idea. And about four months later, she, he finally admitted. Oh, the jauntiest hobo outside of your house. Maybe just, just sidle up there with a laptop. Yeah, that's exciting. One of those, one of those big antennas like you see on the people who are like on the ham radios or the CB operators, oh, yeah. like the uh, the twisting satellite dish yeah. on the top of the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely um, i feel like when that when that panic happened i had just recently downloaded like i think it was like fat boy slim's new album or something so i'm like <laughs> i i'm going to jail because of fat boy slim like this is woof like rock bottom my man <laughs> oh for sure have nightmares of like fat boy slim chasing you down hallways with, like, Christopher a pair of walking handcuffs. dancing on air yeah, yeah. Uh, so did you did you pirate again after that or, or were you scared straight uh i feel like i dabbled i dipped my beak in the lime lime wire waters so yeah i, I definitely did <laughs> just a couple of kylie minogue songs just add insult to injury in case you got arrested Absolutely. or yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you asshole we got you yeah we're from the dmca <laughs> you fuck <laughs> <laughs> nice try you put it to it and we've got it on record record <laughs> on record too you're fine no, these fine. cameras have been rolling the whole time <laughs> uh what what would be a great name for the uh the the uh fcc cast i guess just the fc cast i guess <laughs> people where we it's the catch a predator thing oh god legally download oh what a great idea for a podcast welcome back to casting a net casting a net this is why we invited you onto this fucking show to come up with the best possible puns pirating is not a victimless crime (laughs) you wouldn't steal a car would you all right great that answers that um yeah well uh adult it's great to have you here let's jump right into today's song so uh the song that we are can you say let's jump right into it when we didn't jump right into it (laughs) listen it's the magic of podcasting (laughs) i'm gonna edit this shit in later so uh, now you're gonna fucking rag on me again but uh today's song is like 10 minutes has gone by and it's like let's jump right in it's like i don't think I don't think you've earned the right to say that. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, yeah, well, it, welcome to our show where sometimes a half hour goes by and we'll be like, oh, yeah, Bannicked Ladies, hey, I forgot. Yeah, they're here. They're here We've been us. talking about Vikings for a half hour. We never talked about Vikings. No, we should, though. Um, but today's song is If I Had a Million Dollars. If you're not familiar with it, let's listen to a little sample right now. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a house. Okay, so um, that's if I had a million dollars. Uh, Adol, let's let's kind of get your first impression. So, what do you think about if I had a million dollars? What's your what was your first impression of this song here? I feel like this was an immediate earworm for me. Like this is the song where I was like, all right, these guys, are, these boys are all right. Um, <laughs> because I didn't like, I feel like at some point when I was kind of starting off listening to them, um, they had either already, 
I guess it probably already came out because it's probably like 97, but One Week had come out. Um, and that song I despise. I think 1997 um, or 2001, when you were kind of listening to him, was kind of like Stunt yeah. had just been released. So that sounds about gotcha. right. Okay. But uh, yeah, I was not a big fan of One Week, but I feel like if I had a million dollars, immediately kind of hooked me where I would just listen to it um, walking around campus or whatever. Right. Um, and especially the, what I really enjoyed about it was the live versions as well. Yeah. Um, so someone also gave me some of the live recordings and the fun that they would have with like the banter, right. Which I can only assume was improvised. Um, but I really enjoyed that they would kind of mix it up for the live shows and have these, these stall out moments where they would go on runs or talk about what was in the fridge or whatever that is. <laughs> right. So I was, I was immediately a big fan of this song. Welcome to the Bryant Street Theater. Have a fruit roll-up. Aren't you going to eat it? Oh, for Christ's sake! You know, I think it's it's interesting that, that you were into this song, um, being a, a professional improviser, because I think this song sort of, uh, in some ways kind of uh, uh, defines the power of like uh, uh, live improv versus recorded tracks. Um, so these, these bantering sections, uh, I don't know, actually, did you listen to the version that's on uh, Gordon, which is uh, their first CD? Uh, I may have. Yeah. It's, it's the, what are the changes? What are the, it's the one where they talk about like, uh, Oh, pre-wrapped sausages. Oh, I wish they had pre-wrapped bacon. We can put like a little tiny fridge in there somewhere. Yeah, we could just go up there and, and hang out. Like open the fridge and stuff. And, there are already foods laid out for us, with little pre-wrapped sausages and things. Mm. They have pre-wrapped sausages, but they don't have pre-wrapped bacon. Well, can you blame them? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If I had a It's It's pretty, I mean, that's like, that's the whole impulse. I have section. heard that one, yep. Yeah, well, I mean, what's weird, I thought, is that, like, you can listen to that one, and it's funny the first time you listen to it, and the next few times it becomes just sort of, you know... <laughs> Evan is furiously scratching out things on his note sheet as if I stole his uh, his lines here. You but um, stole my lines. <laughs> but Saker, I, I, Saker looked at my notes beforehand. I, he's like, hey, I, I don't have a lot of not. notes on this thing. Can I just look at your sheet? And then he just, he just <laughs> went off on it. So I guess my question is. <laughs> Go ahead. So when they say wrapped bacon, do they think it's regular bacon or Canadian bacon? Well, we'll talk about that. But I do want to talk about the power of improv in this track. Because oh, I think. I wanted to talk about okay. the power of improv in this track. <laughs> because I think this song uh, is so. Which is my favorite Huey Lewis song, <laughs> The Power of Improv. The oh. Power of Prov. Uh, it's a good one. <laughs> Um, yeah, like as as an improviser, I wondered if if sometimes when you commit something to track, like say you're doing an episode of Magic Tavern, do you ever listen back to your episodes that you've recorded? Uh, every once in a while, just because we we world build so wide, right? That I worry about being like I worry about Arnie being like, P.S. Like, what else does your <laughs> mom do? And I'm like, go. So every once in a while, I'll listen to key episodes sure. just to refresh my memory, mm-hmm. but. What's worked out is that a lot of um, fans have have uh, sort of come together and made a Wikipedia. Right. That's awesome. Um, so now I'm just able to click on that versus listening to my bullshit voice. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, does it ever bug you when you listen to it again? Do you think like, oh, I had a better alt there that I could have said or I could have punched this up more? Or does it – are you pretty, as an improviser, happy with, with what's down on paper? Here's what I'll say, and this is in pure honesty – I'm absolutely fine with anything I say or do okay. in terms of like, that's, that's what was in the room. Like, I'm not like, right. I'll drive myself crazy if I think it should have gone, you know, this way. Sure. But the one thing that does drive me mad is when people on Twitter or something will be like, 
you guys were talking about a well um, in Foon, and you missed this joke. And I'm like, we didn't miss any joke. Like, right, right, because they are it's like, the people that yeah. run the wiki. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I feel like they're all fine, but I feel like there's there's certain people that will just be like, here's jokes you missed, and I'm like, right. I don't want to hear this. Right, absolutely. Because <laughs> it's, it's like if a friend's on Jeopardy and you're like, you fool, like the answer was this, and it's like, but you weren't there. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think it's interesting because improv is, is kind of meant to live and die in the moment. So committing yeah, yeah. committing improv, it, it seems like, is is difficult. So this song, I think, it, it hurts to hear the same improv line over and over again when you listen to the Gordon version of it or when you just listen to the Rock Spectacle version of it, which is the live version that they actually committed to album. So, like, I, I kind of wonder if... You know, uh, people who enjoy this song enjoy it because they've heard a bunch of live versions or they've seen Bare Naked Ladies live or and I uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think there's I don't know. There's something to be said for a song that sort of relies on the intersection between nostalgia and surprise. Like I can sing along, but they're also going to delight me when they do this thing. Um, I don't know. Does that do, do you feel like that's something when you do maybe a live show for for Magic Tavern that you, you kind of have to fall back to the ah oh, yeah babies or the nostalgia stuff? Uh, do you feel like you have to hit those notes when you do stuff like that? There definitely is um, like when we've done live shows and I've come out and said something brand new or said whatever right. I'm thinking or whatever. There is like a like. Oh, pretty good. And then you're like, you'll hear someone just be like, bing bong. And I'm like, oh, yes. Like, now's the time for the monkey to dance. Right. Um, and then I'll be like, yes, 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 bing bong. Um, but, but it is something, I mean, I definitely enjoy it because, like, you know, I, I created it. So it's not like I'm, you know, um, I'm, I'm a zealous, zealous celebrity. So I'm happy to, <laughs> to repeat my, did I do that uh, until I make $25? Sure, um, absolutely. But there... But yeah, I think there definitely is an, uh, this expectation that when you roll through town for the first time, especially when we play somewhere we've never played before, they want to hear, or they want to hear what we say on the podcast. They want to uh, chant along to Usador's name. Sure. They want to, you know, play the hits, um, which I totally expect. Like, uh, totally respect that. Um, yeah. But right. But yeah, there is we, it, it, there is a feeling of like I need to do this in order for to just kind of get it out of the way. Right. And then we can relax and do whatever we want, and the audience will be behind us and support us. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I, I I'm, and definitely with yeah, this song being so improv heavy, um, I found that an interesting intersection. It's like if, if you go see if you go see like Hall Notes, it's like play you know, like play Maneater, <laughs> and then we'll enjoy your new hits. But until you play Maneater, like fucking right, right. Well, yeah, and then even so, I think if or I rich girl, if I had a million dollars, is is one of those songs where. I think they close with it literally every they, concert. Like, yeah. you can't... Oh, they have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they have to. Um, yeah, go ahead. But that's sort of the difference between a, a, an oldies band and a, you know, a, a new band, a band that's still producing hits. Like, uh, um, people who, like the Beach Boys or something like that, who just play basically what they have been playing forever. Right. So, as opposed to Bare Naked Ladies, which only does apparently two-thirds new, old stuff and one-third new stuff. <laughs> I respect that ratio. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, that's yeah. good. Two thirds to one third. I think that's. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do. I remember. Um, I've seen. Have you ever heard of the band Tally Hall at all? Tally Hall. Yes, I think you'd you'd no. really enjoy them. They are they're very strange. Um, a a band from uh from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, and uh, they they 
I once saw them in concert and they played nothing but their new unreleased album and it was the most disappointing oh, concert wow. I had ever oh, been no. to in my life. Like, you can't do... I mean, I understand how that you're proud, you want to hear uh-huh. the new stuff, but yeah, that's well, that's impossible. I mean, if you're... But if you release the album... Like, I, know, I went to a Sufjan Stevens concert where he played basically Carrie and Lowell all the way through. Right. And maybe two old that, songs. That would drive me fucking insane. <laughs> I actually... I really, the thing is, I prepared for it by listening to the album over and over and over again, right. like I do with Bare Naked Ladies songs now. <laughs> this is my life. I, I, Sager, I feel, thank you very much, asshole. <laughs> I feel like Susan Stevens is different in terms of you want to hear his new stuff, mm-hmm. or at least I would, because he's so artistically inclined. It's going to be like an experience, right? Versus like if I go see Billy Joel, it's like play those, <laughs> play the ten songs I know, and then like leave, right? Um, so I feel like there's a different we hold different artists to different standards, I guess. Yeah, because I, I mean, I saw uh, Neil Diamond. Uh, Jewish Elvis, and he played he played Sweet Caroline, I think, two and a half times. <laughs> what? Wow. He started playing it, stopped, restarted it, and then closed with it. So he played it two and a half times, Why and not? I was like, Why not? this guy knows what the audience wants. Like, <laughs> The first time, did he fuck up, or was he like teasing it? I think he fucked up. Okay. Like, I think there was something, I, don't, I can't remember if it was like, an, it was at the United Center in like, Chicago. Salty like Caroline. Nope, a, nope, nope, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, somebody wants to... No, that's not not mine. That's not mine. Uh, Evan, you were talking... Speaking of uh, Salty Caroline, uh, is the bacon regular bacon or Canadian bacon? I'm past that. I'm 100. 100, Okay, we're past that. I'm miles past that. Although I do think it's interesting. In the Gordon version, they talk about pre-wrapped bacon, and and they say, well, they don't have pre-wrapped bacon. Oh, can you blame them? We live in the fucking future. You can go to the grocery store and buy ready-to-eat bacon that you just threw in the fridge. But it's not, like, pre-wrapped. Like, I I was thinking, like, pre-wrapped sausages are, like, a Canadian thing. Oh, you think so? Well, I don't know. Like, is, like, an individually packaged sausage? It's like a Slim Jim, right? (laughs) Basically. I need to educate you on what Mm. sausages are. I don't think... Yeah, I don't think Slim Jims are sausages. <laughs> well, you guys don't fry up eggs and Slim Jims in the morning? That's my treat. It's delightful. I'm going to make you that uh, Slim Jim jerky stew. <laughs> it's, it's, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, let's talk about So we talked about the choir a little bit. Um, I, I thought the choir during the choruses was a really interesting touch that I didn't really like. It's so well integrated into the song. It took me a couple replays to kind of like become acquainted with it. If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a green dress But not a real green dress, that's cruel And if I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you some art Um, This choir includes a ton of Canadian musicians, actually in the liner notes, they call it the Bur- uh, the Suburban Tabernacle Choir, which is a play on a Canadian band called the Bourbon Tabernacle Choir. The other people in it, Moxie Fruvis, Stephen Page's brother, he's the lead singer's brother, uh, Jim and Andy Cregan's mom, which I thought was really cool, and then somebody, somebody who is just mysteriously credited as Veteran War Horse, which I was <laughs> delighted by. Th- That's got to be Crazy Horse, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think it was like a, like a Canadian Mountie... <laughs> like the mount that had seen a lot of action like he was the... oh it's brendan fraser it's brendan it fraser. Oh, fraser it yeah. is uh what was his uh post mummy fame no what was his goddamn mountie movie it wasn't george of the oh, jungle it was, uh... oh fuck <laughs> we're going down this dudley hole Do-Right? dudley do right thank you yes brendan fraser did not want to be credited on this album so he called himself veteran warhorse uh yeah i i i just thought that was really cool um it just adds like a total depth of sound to the end that you don't get i mean the bare naked ladies are their harmonies are 
<laughs> kiss fingers, I yes, of course. Chef, chef kissy fingers. Chef kissy yeah. fingers. Yeah, I can't. Let me let me ask something because I feel like I. Uh, doing some research yesterday and today, I feel like I've gone crazy. It almost feels like a, a Berenstein Bear situation. A bare naked bear um, situation. I feel like there's a live version of this song where they talked about rice pudding. <laughs> we wouldn't have to eat rice, rice pudding. pudding. <laughs> like I feel like one of the live song, one of the live recordings I heard, they referenced rice pudding, and I feel like up until then I had never had rice pudding, and then I tried it because of the song. Mm-hmm. And I, then I was like, oh, rice pudding's delicious. Like, really? holy crap. Wait. But I couldn't find, I went online and researched it, and I couldn't find it. And now I'm like, did I just try rice pudding on my own accord? Because <laughs> I've been crediting the the B-Nakes lies for B-Nakes lies. years and years and years. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I it mean, might have just been the zeitgeist. What? Like it just, it just sort of popped out of the ether. I think you hear what you want to hear in the interstitial. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's sort of a, <laughs> it's a like spiritual. A, it's like a Candle Cove situation where you're just sort of like listening to the song and then you zone out for 20 seconds and then you come back, you pop back in after hearing some <laughs> sure. sort of banter and you have some sort of like yeah, revelation must, about must your eat life. Rice pudding. Right? Right. That, that would be very well, good. I'd love to. You know, I think that. I think in a lot of ways. Uh, this song specifically is a lot like uh, like a, a fish concert or like a Grateful Dead in that I remember when I was uh, growing up, when I was in high school in about 2001 or so, that like I would go online and try to find Bare Naked Ladies music and there would be a million bootlegs of this song because people liked just listening to like, oh, this one has a really fun banter part and this one there's a solo or th- sometimes they'll do like parodies to open the song or covers to close it. And I don't feel guilty this time. Usually we play a venue like this and I end up, by the time I'm on stage, I feel so wracked with guilt because of the food I've eaten. But over there they had, they had, they had naturally raised, family farm raised pork sausages. On oh yeah. So now I know that all those lips and anuses were happy lips and anuses of this. And so, like, every version is different. So I do not doubt that when you got on your LimeWire, uh, you downloaded, if I had a million dollars, parentheses, rice pudding version. Uh, it, it probably exists in the ether out there somewhere. If anybody knows, please let us know. Email us. <laughs> yeah. You can email puppies at, wait, shit, I fucking what's, forgot what's, what it is. You have to give our email. Supplies at puppies. No, Fuck. I can't remember Magic Tavern at puppies.supplies. That's what That's it is. That's what it is. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I, I, I've been literally legit crediting bare naked ladies for getting me into rice pudding which is not a phrase i thought i'd ever say <laughs> but i need to i need to suss out if this is correct or not sure because if not like that's then i'm pissed sure. no we'll get people to tweet you at so, adel refi so here's my question do you think it ran it this is running the the uh, million dollars has run into the problem that sort of comedians have run into in the modern day you know back in the you know 1920s you could tell one joke about how fat your wife was and then you could feed your family forever because <laughs> you just go from city to city sure and then with the tv you know you're, you're you can tell the same jokes a couple times on the comedy specials but now as soon as you say something someone's recording it right, right. so do you think it haunts them like they they just stand up at night trying to think of these like <laughs> improvs between the lines you think it's <laughs> i truly hope they're not up at night like, thinking about well, because, improvs. The, because I'm, i bet there's a website where they track exactly what they say between every some creepy I want to say Japanese person. Well, if that. I had a million improvs.com. Um, oh my God. No, that's a site we should start, but. Um, <laughs> we collect what they say. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I, I don't know. Because, I mean, obviously they're musicians and they're not professional improvisers. But you know what? I watched a couple live versions in preparation to talk about this song. And it really doesn't seem like they. It's a lot of like, oh, I was uh, in town today. And uh, and some lady was talking to me. And she. And like, it's just like anecdotes okay. from so the like day. Stream, it was like stream of consciousness. 
consciousness stuff. I think a lot of it is stream of consciousness, yeah. Well, that's fair, then, yeah, I guess. I so it doesn't so. haunt them. It doesn't haunt them. In their crypts. And actually, Earth. Uh, I, Adel, I don't know how much... <laughs> that's right. I don't know how much you know about the band. The blood of the living. Jesus fucking Christ, I'm going to kill you. I don't know how much you know you about the band. can't kill what's already dead, Saker. But uh, the lead singer left in, uh, in 2009 or so. Um, and uh, so they still do this song. But uh, since they do it uh, now, they it's... Call it, if I had $900,000. Right. Uh, it's, the, uh, it's the lead guitarist and the keyboardist who do the improv sections. Um, did you watch any live versions of this in preparation? Uh, out of curiosity, don't feel like you have to. <laughs> don't feel like you have to go back in time yeah. to fix this. L- let, me be, let me be wildly clear. I never felt like I had to. <laughs> well, um, hey, you researched rice pudding, you said, for two days. So I don't true, know. That's true. <laughs> I had to get the butt to the bottom. Of right, this. right. Um, no, I f- it's a Twin Peaks mystery. Right. No, I feel like I listened or I watched the Farm Aid version. Oh, okay, interesting. Which does have uh, some improvised banter, and it seems very much improvised. Right. Because as they're doing it, there's like a there's like a probably without being hyperbolic, maybe like a ten second pause <laughs> as he's talking because he's he's clearly searching for what to say. Right. So I think it. I think they're definitely improvised. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the only one I watched was the, was the farming. Yeah. Well, now he's doing, he does his improv with the keyboard is Kevin Hearn and Kevin Hearn is like the, the sensitive boy in the bare naked ladies boy band. And it is so milk toast. Like the whole call and answer section Ed Robertson will go like, if I had a million dollars and Kevin Hearn will go, there's a lot of people dying in Rwanda. Had a million <laughs> yeah. He talks about Rwanda. He comes really <laughs> sad. Yes. If I But, like, I feel like he's, like, a baby bird who's constantly on the edge of sleep. Like, <laughs> okay, so it's turned into, like, an Elliot Smith version? It really, truly is very, like, it's it's lacrimose. It is, it's, it's turned into a strange song. And Ed no longer really, like, Kevin, the keyboardist, will do the, the back and forth call and answer parts. And then instead of improvising... Ed will kind of look towards the audience and be like, you guys are such a great audience. How about that hot dog place on 35th Street? It's really cool. <laughs> like, it's just, it's turned into a weird parody. How about that traffic on Cleveland Avenue? <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, very, very strange. Um, I can't believe that we're we're playing at the opening of this dress bomb. <laughs> right. We mentioned last episode about yeah, how really we... terrible when he like calls out specific audience members and just starts yelling like things at them, like terrible things. <laughs> Jesus. I really, I want this version of Bernica Ladies where he like makes fun of people, like just does crowd work. <laughs> like, where'd you get that shirt, fatty? <laughs> leave, it to, leave it to Paul Poundstone. Oh, no, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean... I don't know. I think I think this this is a really hurtful. Did things. you? Yeah, really hurtful <laughs> things. I don't. I, obviously, Adol, you you said you you enjoyed this track. Uh, Evan, were you? Did you enjoy this track? Were you down on it? Well, I mean, no. I, I, I you can't not enjoy this track. That's, I mean, it's just it's just sort of like a jug band, just sort of chugging along. Like, <laughs> it doesn't foreground any instruments. Doesn't do anything. I feel like it's all chorus. Yeah. There's there's no verses here. It's just completely chorus. I mean, Adel, you were talking about kind of like Bernie Ladies playing at a party uh, earlier, which I think this is like the quintessential Canadian party song, which is to say mm-hmm. that it's like 
polite and reserved and like everybody can sing along but we're not going to interrupt anything like it's fine and it's it's also very respectful in terms of like oh i I don't have a million dollars but if i did like (laughs) right it's okay to be optimistic but not a braggart this is you're right this is the like dollars isn't too much money the antithetical version of like the rap brag track where they're like i also like that they've never like updated it i was thinking about that so i actually ran some numbers if you had a million dollars in 1989 Today, you'd have $1,872,000, oh. which doesn't really fit the cadence of the song That's real close well. To, close to $2 million. <laughs> yeah. But if you had a million dollars today, in 1980, that was $534,000. You could buy it a nice house. Would you be rich? No, I don't think so. I feel like it's in rhythm to, if you add the lyric, like, to account for inflation. <laughs> like, that feels like it's easily slots in wow i you know what i'm gonna pitch that to him i'm gonna email the brand of good ladies and just see if uh, i can sidle up and uh sure and get that never in. heard that before yeah, right here's here's something i, I didn't mention that i i want to uh just just toss out there that I, another reason why i really enjoyed it because it is one of the only songs songs i can think of that has a callback uh, like a- like an improv in improv we talk about callbacks or like you know recalling information oh yeah uh, with, within a new context yeah and I feel like this was maybe, to my knowledge, the first song I ever heard that had a callback, which is the uh, buy you a fur dress, but not a real fur dress that's cruel. And then later, buy you a green dress, but not a real green dress that's cruel. Right. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a fur coat, but not a real fur coat that's cruel. And if I had, if I had a million dollars, if I had well, I'd buy you a green dress, but not a real green dress. That's cruel. And if I had a... So I remember hearing that and being like, holy shit, that's so cool <laughs> that they called back that joke with like way less, like the stakes were way lower the second time. Right. But it's funny just because they brought back that information. Yeah. So I remember really enjoying the fact that they did a callback within the song, which is so so rare yeah what what, Um, what's interesting is if you listen to there's a demo version of this track on their like cassette tape buck naked before they were a real band and the line on there is uh i'd buy you a green dress uh with a a nice respectful rounded collar if i had a million dollars if i had a million dollars i'd buy you a green dress with a tastefully rounded neck if i had a so at some point between the demo and the real version, it had to have been improv, which I think is mm-hmm. like fucking perfect. Like that, it's the spirit of the song. Yeah. It's, That's outstanding. Yeah. I also very much enjoy, and I don't know if this is a Canadian thing, but they pronounce llama llama. Yes. And they pronounce Picasso Picasso. Picasso. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> well, I'd buy you an exotic pet. Yep. Like a llama or an emu. And if I had a million dollars. I remember also when I would listen to it on, you know, if I listened to it a few times a day or a week, I would also I would look forward to being like, they say llama, right? Isn't that weird? Like what are our friends in the north doing up there? <laughs> were you were you like playing the song for people and be like, oh wait for it, wait for it. Oh my god, this is gonna Here be comes. so Here good. They say, did you hear it? Llama. <laughs> and they're like they're like, if you listen to this uh, Beatles album backwards, it says Paul is dead. And I'm like, listen, shut up. I don't care. Suge shot me. I don't care what Tupac's saying in his album. They're saying Lama. This is essential listening. Yeah. Uh, you know, funny enough, essential listening. In 2005, 
uh, CBC Radio, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, did a poll, and the Canadians nominated this number two on their top 50 essential Canadian tracks. Perfect. That, that what's, I, what's number one? My heart will go on. Uh, boy, that's a great question that I should be able is to it, answer. <laughs> is Brian Adams Canadian? Um, Brian Adams is... I thought he was. I don't know. I'd imagine he probably is. With a name like Brian Adams, that's a very Canadian polite name. <laughs> Sorry I asked. I thought you guys were the experts on Canada, but... Uh. Brian Adams... Uh, number 17 on the 50 Tracks Canadian edition was Brian Adams, Summer of 69. So, Bare Naked Ladies so beat the shit out of Brian Adams. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Uh, number one, what the fuck, was Ian and Sylvia's Four Strong Winds. Strong winds that blow lonely seven seas. Oh, what? Do you know that song? I was no, but I was just thinking like I was like, duh, Adel, it's gotta be Alanis Morissette. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. That would check but out. It's not. Alanis Morissette was number twenty-eight. What the fuck were they thinking with this list? Canadians got it wrong. We don't see Rush until thirty-three. Good. That makes sense. God. <laughs> Does it? Are you no Rush fan? <laughs> oh. No, no thanks. <laughs> Neil Peart, Getty Lee. <laughs> Let me name two of the members to show you how little of a fan I am. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say I'm not in a rush to listen to it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Bang. <laughs> that was good. I blew my brains out. <laughs> but uh, I just thought that was interesting. The Canadians view this as like, oh, essential Canadian listening. You, If you want to know our culture, you listen to If I Had a Million Dollars. So it's a million Canadians. Oh, now that's what I call Canadian. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But so, so back to, it's sort of like the bacon question. This is a million Canadian dollars. Yeah. So it's not actually a million American dollars. Oh, shit, dollars. you're even writer. If you remember in the 90s, we had a really good exchange rate with them. Fuck. I remember going up to, because Youngstown wasn't that far away from Canada. Yeah. So I remember driving up there and you could drink and you could all, all your dollars were worth a dollar 40 or something. <laughs> so this is like a handful of toonies is really like. <laughs> well, I'm actually legit in like. 12 hours I leave for Toronto. Oh, really? So I've been looking up the exchange rate. And I feel like it's the last time I saw it, which was uh, this morning or last night, it was $1 equals like 1.2 Canadian loons oh, or whatever. There you go. And that's why people listen to this cast is for up-to-date uh, exchange, exchange, exchange rates. Yeah, exchange rates. You got a lot it of... takes you 30 minutes, but you get some sweet, sweet financial <laughs> updates. Right. You got a lot of day traders. For your travel. Yeah. <laughs> this, this Actually, this episode will post about a month from now, so this is perfect. <laughs> I like it even more. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, some of the references they make real quick. Adel, when you said 85 minutes, when you joked at the beginning of this, um, so one of the references they make is to Kraft Dinner, which of course in the U.S. is called Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Um, they refer to putting ketchup on their Kraft Dinner. have to eat Kraft Dinner. But we would eat Kraft Dinner. Of course we would. We just eat more. And buy really expensive ketchups with it. That's right, all the fanciest ke- Dijon ketchup. <laughs> is this insane? Like, is this a Canadian? Have you ever heard of it before, Adol? I have never heard of that. Uh, that sounds disgusting. Evan, ketchup boy? I have seen it. You have? I have heard of it and seen it. Yes, I've seen people, people put ketchup on mac and cheese and things like that. I was I it, it's one of those things where I was like, wait, you're putting ketchup on mac and cheese, right? I, I, 
I, I, I, and then you have that moment where your brain sort of clicks over and you're like, I guess that's what you like to eat. <laughs> well, and you just sort of downgrade that person a little bit sure. in your esteem. <laughs> Respect him. Here's what I'll say. My grandpa used to put French dressing on cottage cheese. Oh, if you never had Ooh. that, it is delicious. Really? Huh. All right. I'll give it a go. I, tr- I trust in, <laughs> I trust in grandpa Rafi. That's all good. My grandpa used We're to. We're here to talk about exchange rates and sweet 1940s <laughs> recipes. That's right. My grandpa used to come in from milking the cows and dip his hand into a jar of Crisco. No. And then into sugar. Shut the and fuck up. Just eat it right oh. off. You ever tried it? It's actually pretty good. And then he Fat would... and sugar. He's just reducing all the sweets you can eat down to its component parts. And then he would pour French dressing over it. He said, you know what? This is good. And my other grandpa used to feed me tang. Well, that's fair. What? The... It's not a story. Oh, like dry? Yeah, dry tang. Oh, okay. Never mind. That is a story about how your grandparents both were horrible monsters. <laughs> they loved the finer things. They were, they were depression era yeah. folks, I think. Uh, you know, this craft dinner thing, apparently at some point when they did the live shows, when they used to say, we wouldn't have to eat craft dinner, one fan once threw a box of craft dinner at them, and it turned into a tidal wave, where from like 1992 to 1998, they would just, like, fans would pelt the bare naked ladies with craft dinner at this point, and they would intentionally aim for, like, their heads and their instruments. God. Yeah, so eventually they, they set up a food bank. Where you would bring a craft dinner, you dump it in the bin outside of the concert, and then they donate all the craft dinners to a food bank. So they're just like they should have set up like a dunk tank. <laughs> to dunk a Cregan into some craft. So they were just that's, that's the other Cregan could have stayed on for that. That's true. So yeah, they're just disarming their fans is basically what. Basically, they're doing. I, but I just find it so they funny. Took a craft dinner <laughs> that their fans are like clearly they love them, but they were aiming for their fucking heads. Hey, like, man, that's mob justice. Mob I get, rule. Yeah, this will be the. I wonder if the thought was like. If this is the last Bare Naked Lady shows ever, I'm at it. So I'm going to try to kill them so that... I want to make this the last Bare Naked Yeah, Lady I can say I was movie. here. Hmm. I feel like in the last 10 years or so, maybe even further back, I feel like anyone who attends a concert uh, who's, dr- who's inebriated or on some sort of substance, I feel like their main goal is to be remembered by the band right. <laughs> or to make or to be like if this is being recorded like i fucking stand out like i'm a superstar right because i know i've been to so many concerts where if there's like a beat or a lull or any silence somebody will yell something so specific or weird where it's just like they want to like three years down the road be like <laughs> uh robert plants i was the guy in yes. san francisco who said uh, baby back ribs, remember? Right. And f- and for Robert Plant to be like, you, I've been searching for you. Like, I just I just kept but, taking them out of my pants, one rack after yeah, exactly. rack after rack. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny because I even hear that. I mean, not to get too inside baseball, but like the show that that you guys just posted with Betsy Sedera, which will now be a month old. But like, <laughs> there are people yelling in the crowd, and you and Matt Young indulging them, which I find hilarious every time because you're both with one hand you're saying shut the fuck up, but with the other hand you're riffing on it because you have to what, what's your other choice but uh yeah i think you have to incorporate it or it just becomes like a weird like did they not hear right. that or like are they <laughs> is it scripted and it's like well we have to be receptive to any stimuli that comes sure in. yeah let I me say it louder much, i wonder they, how much of that is a function of sort of modern society too where our artists are so much more accessible to fans now oh yeah to the internet like before oh you know, absolutely you've got you've got a singer you like and then you don't know anything about him Sure. And now you're like, follow him on Facebook and know his political views and what his children are eating. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and, and the artists themselves have to. I remember um, there was an MC Chris show once. He's a nerdcore guy. And, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You know MC Chris? Smack a baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, like, he, he had some opener, and I, he was performing in, I don't know, fucking Wisconsin or something. But, like, uh, the opener played, 
And then MC Chris was like behind the stage, like refreshing his Twitter or something. And somebody tagged him and said like, your opener sucks. And he came out like in between the opener set and his set and like chastised the audience. Like, I think it is like we, f audiences feel like they have, uh, you know, they, they have the right or, or, you know, the say to, to sort of, you know, give their two cents on whatever is happening on stage, which is, it is dangerous, I think, well, to be part I of the Twitter. level of interaction that, yeah. I mean. Well, you have the right to do that, but one, don't tag the artists sure. in it. Yeah. If you're going to, like, badmouth it, don't tag them. Yeah. And then two, I, I feel like it's deeper, it goes deeper than that in terms of, like, there's a certain percentage of people who just are dying for validation yeah. or to, like, set themselves apart. For sure. So I feel like there is... There is some subsect of person that's like, I need to say or do something so crazy that they'll that I'll be memorable right. and therefore my existence is is validated. <laughs> and it's like you don't have to do that. Like just enjoy the show yeah, yeah. and then be your cool self in your real life. Like you don't need to like disrupt anybody else's thing to to stand out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, no, I absolutely. Um I I mean what else? Yeah, that's true. It's taking a dark Adel, turn. You're right. You are 100% right. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah know thank you. I wanted to be validated. Right. Thank you so much. <laughs> we so you are good. We hear you. Baba booey, baba booey. <laughs> <laughs> um, just some quick things to kind of link to earlier in the album. Um, I feel like this is one more song where they're dipping their finger into another genre because this is very much a country-esque sort mm -hmm. of like camp song. The jug band. So Yeah, the jug band, right. So they, they tried film noir. They tried jazz. They tried pop. They tried samba. And now they're like dipping their fingers. This is a weird album. Like, well, it's almost like, have you ever heard, uh, one of my favorite albums is chocolate and cheese by ween. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that's one where it's like every single track is either a different genre or just like a wildly different take on some type of, uh, music. Like it's just so interesting. And I feel like this is, yeah, yeah. same thing where they kind of not, maybe not the bookends aren't as wide, but I feel like they definitely stretch themselves. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I wonder how early, do you know how early that was in Ween's career that the Chocolate and Cheese album? I know album? Ween is sort of famous for doing a different album, like they're a different musical style for every album and sometimes within albums. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Sort of I feel like Chocolate and Cheese is maybe like their third album. I could yeah. be way off base. Yeah. Uh, but my, yeah. Let's see. It is the fourth album. You're right there. You're pretty good. Yeah. You're valid. Adol, we respect you. You <laughs> P H E W. But um, but yeah, I just you're right. With Ween, it's different because I think their their intent is to kind of dip. But I feel like BML was yep. was trying to find their feet. Like because we don't hear it at, on like the second and third album, it kind of goes away as they as they trend towards more pop than anything else. And I've said this a million times before, but I feel like they're they're showing their band geek roots. Yes. Where they're the you know the the Cregans obviously played in jazz band, and the you know Ed and and Steve are playing their instruments and just sort of riffing and things like that. So they're bringing in all these different styles of music that they've played in the past. Right. And they're saying, well, which of these is going to work for us? Right. Right. Are we an African roots band? <laughs> are we a samba band? Are we a jazz band? Are we a lounge singing act? Yeah. Yeah, it was really strange. Um, and the other thing is, of course... Uh, Are we a band that abuses women? Oh, what? Where did that come from? The creepy songs that they sing. Well, sure. Oh, and, and speaking of, that's the other thing I wanted to get to, is that this song is kind of about a narrator who is either abusive in a relationship or doesn't understand love. And I think the whole conceit of the song, you know, if I had a million dollars, I'd buy your love. I mean, it's fucking sophomoric and dumb and like... I, I, their their love language is gifts. Oh, what can I say? Oh, that's smart. So I thought the darkest line in the uh, in the the piece was actually a transition between the first and second sort of stanzas, uh -huh. where he's you know he's if I had a million dollars I'd buy your love, and he's talking about what he'd buy them like a K car and whatnot, right? And then I'd build a tree fort in our yard. Uh huh. He slips right into that. So he says, "I'm going to buy you a house. I'm going to buy you a car." 
I'm going to build a tree fort in our yard. Oh, I see. It's not your house. I'm moving in. (laughs) If I had a million dollars, I'd build a tree fort in our yard. If I had a million dollars, you could help. It wouldn't be that hard. If I had a million dollars. And then he's saying, you could help me. It wouldn't be that hard. (laughs) I'm also conscripting. Which is maybe a tip of the hat to erectile dysfunction. Maybe a tip of the hat to like... (laughs) Some sort of Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> I think that's uh, I think this song is definitely about erectile dysfunction. I think that's the only Probably. possible reading. Uh, if you look at the lyrics carefully. I mean, can vampires get erections? Oh, I think they've got a lot of blood. So I think that's probably... Can't vampires shift blood? By the way, Adol, the Brannigan ladies are vampires, as we've discovered over the course of the last 13 episodes. Uh, that's a story for another time, I think. Um, I don't know. Any Anything else to say about this song, Evan, and then we'll get to Adel, and then we'll kind of uh, wrap it up with our rating, I suppose. Evan? The Elephant Man's Bones. John Merrick's Remains. Joseph Merrick. That is a great line. It is a great All them crazy elephant bones. Yeah. That's pretty great. I, I really, truly, and that's another one they riff on live where they'll say like, oh, John Davidson's remains, or jo-, like they'll just, a it's random John. Joseph Merrick. Isn't his name Joseph? Yeah, his nickname was John, apparently. I did a little wickeying on him too. Do you know what that line is a reference to? David Bowie trying to buy the Elephant Man's bones after he played the Elephant Man. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson oh, bought the Elephant Man's bones. That's right. Yeah, he actually bought the Elephant Man's bones. Oh, wow. You're the only person in the world who didn't know that shit, I'm you so dumb sorry. fuck. I remember. And it's even featured in one of his music videos where he gets on the roller coaster ride. Really? Oh, I can't remember what song that is. There's a music video where it's like him and his him and Bubbles, his monkey, yeah. mm-hmm. get into like this weird tunnel of love ride. And John Merrick's bones are like dancing in the music oh, video. How nightmarish was Michael Jackson in general? He and his pet monkey got on a roller coaster and saw some bones. <laughs> like, yeah. that's a fever <laughs> dream I've had many times. He was like a, he had to be like a changeling or something. Oh, like, for he sure. He was replaced by the Fae at birth. And then he <laughs> right. grew up in this, in this, this pop super group. And then yeah. just sort of bloomed into this weird keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Evan? No, Saker. I don't have anything <laughs> Very else. good. As you can tell, I'm trying to. We're at, uh, Adel, what did you... Uh, what so did contentious. You I know. Well, we, we have a contentious a relationship. This. <laughs> yes. Uh, what did you have, Adel? Anything else you wanted to say about this song? Uh, not about this song. I did have a, a Barenaked Lady story. I'm so excited. That I, that I can tell within two minutes here. Oh, okay. Tell, takes um, all the time in the world. It's fine. But I'll take two and a half. <laughs> uh, when I was starting off an improv in Chicago, so this was maybe 2008 mm-hmm. or so, um, I was in a group called Club Group Team, okay. which was which we thought was very clever. Um, but we were an improv group called Club Group Team, and it was basically myself and then a few folks who were in my improv class or in my level at I.O. Right. And we would perform around the city. And it, we had a weekly slot at this place called The Spot, which is on Sheridan. Um, it's like Sheridan and Montrose in Chicago. It used to be called Frankie J's, but when we were there, it was called The Spot. Mm-hmm. And it was like some stand-up, and then they would do some improv. So, like, uh, do you know Cameron Esposito? Oh, of course. Yeah. Put your hands together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she used to host host the night. So it would be like her hosting and doing stand-up, and then us and a few other groups would play, and then they do a little more stand-up or whatever. Right. So it was, it was a lot of improv, and it would start at, like, 11 at night or something and go <laughs> till 1 a.m. So it was, <laughs> it was bar prob. It was pretty small potatoes. Yeah. Um, so typically the audience would be the, the other improv groups that were performing and then maybe like five paying patrons or something. But I did a show, we would do weekly shows there and I did a show there maybe, again, it was maybe like 2007 or so, 2008. And I did a show there with club group team and my friend Teresa was in that group 
And she used to be an au pair for uh, a friend of hers, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever you call it, Danny. Um, so we do the show, and then after the show, my friend Teresa introduces me to this guy who is she used to au pair for. Um, and he was like, holy crap, that was amazing. That was so, so funny. That's one of the coolest things I've seen. I've never, I haven't seen a lot of improv. That was so cool. And we talked for like uh, maybe 20 minutes or so just about how much he enjoyed the show. And I was like, this guy is so <laughs> full, full of like life and zeal right. and like uh, joy. And I was like, oh man, like this is so cool that this guy liked the show. And I don't know who this is, but he's very cool. Um, and then as we were talking more and more, I was trying to like find out about him. And I was like, what do you do? Like, what's your thing? Like, um, why are you here? Like what's going on? And he was like, well, I'm a musician and, um, you know, I, I do music and we record and we just do, you know, we did a live show in Chicago recently, the, tonight actually, and, uh, all this stuff. And I was like, um, the more we were talking, I was like, well, what's your band? Like is, can I Google it? Can I like, I, let me toss you a couple bucks right. and buy your CD or something. And he goes, I, so I'm like, what's your band? I, I want to look it up and like check you guys out. And he like sheepishly goes like bare naked ladies. And I, <laughs> and I go, Oh, you're a cover band. Cause I thought, <laughs> cause I was like, I know bare naked ladies. And I'm like, this guy's not named bare naked ladies. So he goes bare naked ladies. And I go, Oh, a cover band. And he kind of turns red and he goes, uh, sometimes it feels like it. <laughs> oh, and I go, Jesus. and I go, wait, what? And he goes, sometimes it feels like we're a cover band. And I go, hold, hold up. <laughs> Are you in bare naked ladies? And he goes, Yeah. And I'm like, you guys had a show at Soldier Field tonight? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. And then I like gushed to him about how much I enjoyed Bare Naked Ladies. But it was the upright bass player. Bam! I didn't know his name. Fuck you, Saker. Fuck you. We both wrote down our bets on which Bare Naked Lady we thought it was when this story began. uh, What's his name? Jim Cregan. The Cregan. He's one of the Cregans. Yes, yes. (laughs) But it was him. And so my friend Teresa, when she lived in Canada, used to babysit for his kids. And so when he was in town, he did the show at Soldier Field and then drove way north, an hour north, to catch a, you know, late night what improv show. What the fuck? Late night and then, improv and then was like show. the nicest, and then was like the nicest dude in the world. Like he could not be more like humble and like kept deflecting. Anytime I asked about when I was first trying to probe about like what he did, he, he kept deflecting. Yeah. So it was like really mind blowing that I was, and, and that's why I asked like, are you in a cover band? Because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, surely... You would not be here if you were in the Mary Naked Ladies. That so, is incredible. I feel like every that was my one run in, and I feel like uh, I feel like that was pretty cool. And then since then, the so my friend Teresa who who babysat for him, yeah. I haven't seen her in like I, I haven't seen her in like nine or ten years because um, she she moved to like Australia, I believe, and then she was living in South America and all this. So she kept moving around, and then I recently saw her. She came to IO like five months ago or something. Yeah. And the night she came back was the night that, um, Guster, uh, I went and saw a Guster concert. Guster, got yeah. to go backstage and meet the band. And then the band was like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I'm doing a show at IO. And so all of Guster came to see my show at IO. And are they Canadian? It's a joke. Um, that's it. Boston. Um, but it was so weird of like, I ran into Teresa that night and she was like, I'm in town um, from LA just to kind of <laughs> check out shows. <laughs> and I'm like, the last time I saw you was probably the Mary Naked Ladies <laughs> night. And now you're 10 years later, you're back again when Guster's hanging out with me. <laughs> so and I'm like, funny. What a weird, 
Every time you pop up, I seem to be hanging out with some sort of weird jam band. <laughs> well, we're upgrading you from Z-list celebrity to Y-list celebrity That's at right. least. Like, right? Yeah. Right? You know, it's funny. I mean, Bare Ladies and Guster went on tour together. That was like a huge tour in like the er- oh, really? early 2000s, I think. Yeah, that's why oh, wow. a lot of people think Guster is Canadian because they were touring with Bare Naked well, Ladies. It's, it's, okay, the closer you get to the Bare Naked Ladies, the more Canadian you become. Even if you're not <laughs> you mute your jeans change. Yeah, yeah. You get that. <laughs> that's an insane story. That's so cool that you've uh, that you've met the Krieg. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was very cool. Guy. Yeah, I yeah. feel like every bare naked lady is the nicest person, and there's no apparent contradiction. Right, like you couldn't meet any of them without thinking they're the nicest person. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, we, I was so excited when you said you had a story, but I could not have imagined we beyond are, my wildest dreams. We are getting so close to actually meeting a bare naked lady. I feel like we're just like one step away. We I know. Just, we, yeah. we have someone, we've, we've had someone on the show who grew up in the same, who went to the same high school. Right. We have someone who went to their same, we're, tra- we're like stalking we're them trailing without them. the internet. We're just 10 years behind at this point. <laughs> we're getting closer and closer to that. Are you, uh, are you going to Toronto to visit Jim? I assume your friend. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, yep. right. That yep. checks out. He wants, uh, I'm doing a workshop with him so that they can, when they sing the song, they can have more fluid imp- improv. Oh, right. Oh, shit. That's <laughs> yeah. actually a great idea. So so that they don't say um, the fanciest Dijon ketchup. Um, so it makes a little more sense. Right. Yeah. yeah, improv should be grounded in reality. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck yeah. that Dijon ketchup. You fools. Okay, uh, so now's the point in the show where we get to rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. So, for the sake of our guest, uh, the more bare naked a song is, the better the song is. Um, so, uh, Adol, we will start... Oh, no, Evan, let's start with you so he can kind of catch the ropes. We always start okay. with you for this segment. Yeah, I don't know why. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I think the song, for me, it would be naked. Uh-huh. Naked entirely? It's it's naked. It's a, it's possibly... I mean, it's there. It's naked, but it's... It's a really old man who's uh, okay. Like I've listened to this song so many times, but it still has wonders to show me. It's sure, like an old man. Oh, it's maybe got a little leather in it. Maybe its face is white. It's like a little Cenobite Hellraiser guy. Yeah, uh, he has such wonders to show me. He <laughs> sort of like cops out of the puzzle box and is is ready to greet me. Sure. Uh, you know, just with like, oh, so he's not naked. He just has a bunch of like piercings. And naked butts for the pins in his head. <laughs> no, it's not pinhead. I, I don't oh, okay. This song oh, my apologies. Okay, fine. This is one of the other Cenobites, of course. Uh, really? Wow. So that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty high up for you. Well, I mean, this is this is basically the the tent pole of Gordon. Sure. For me to say it had any clothes on would probably necessitate a hanging or some sort of mob justice. Right. I understand. Uh, I gotta say, you know, for me, this song. I said Enid had it was totally naked, but for a thimble on each finger, because there has to be some, you know, justice in the world where when we find a song better than Enid, we can start taking those thimbles off. So I guess I'm just rating on a scale of one to ten, to be honest with you at that point. But um, uh, I think this one is has thimbles on all of its fingers and. A, just a like thimble a thimble on the, on the tip penis. of its dick. Yeah, just... I, I like this song a lot. You know the old expression. <laughs> the thimble on the tip of your dick. The Irish expression. Um, but yeah, I think oh, this song is just slightly, slightly less than Enid. I think Enid is the tenpole of this album. Brian Wilson, Enid, and this song. But I think this song's fantastic. I, I don't know if you could ever... If, if you walked up to a random person, if they could say it had clothes on. I think this song is great. It's It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adol, uh, what well, say you? This, person, oh. this, person, this song is wearing clothes, but everybody tells you it's naked. Oh, it's the emperor. <laughs> Wait, the other way emperor. around. It's a reverse emperor. Oh, you're naked. No, I'm wearing a sumptuous dress. <laughs> They're just gaslighting the emperor. Gaslighting the emperor is my dashboard <laughs> confessional cover band. All right, I'm sorry. Adol, what Duck do you think? <laughs> I think I would say B-Nakes to the max. Oh, uh, 
because like as as much as it would be fun to be like this song hasn't aged well or like who gives a crap yeah like there's not a point where there hasn't been a point in my life where like this song has randomly come on in a bar or something where i'm not like nice yeah fuck yeah (laughs) like i'm not like this is great right (laughs) um so I, I feel like it's it's aged very well, and it's like a comfy pair of jeans where it's like you put those on at any time and you oh, feel yeah. right at home. Oh, so I like I would, that. I would say be next to the max. Yeah, but oh, but a comfy pair of jeans. We've got a paradox, clothing paradox here. But uh, you're right. You know, it is it is very a comfortable song that you can just slip into. Um, Adol, it was a pleasure having you on the cast today, man. This was great. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having uh, me. Yeah, this is going to air, uh, I believe, the first week of June, it looks like. Uh, That's so, my birthday. So, uh, what do you have coming up? Anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I want to plug my birthday, which is June 1st. Oh, exciting. So, <laughs> if that comes out, if this comes out on June 1st, everyone, please send me a nice, <laughs> uh, nice howdy-do. Right. Um, check out Hello from the Magic Tavern. Check out, uh, I do a podcast with my sister called Sibling Speculaire. Is that ever coming back? Uh, it is, my sister keeps getting TV shows. Oh, oh well, well. So, <laughs> I, I'm just praying for the downfall of my sister's <laughs> career so that <laughs> we can get back to it. Right. Um, but she's in a new CBS show called Redline with Noah Wiley and Dennis Haysbert. Oh, cool. Or as I like to call him, Pedro Serrano. <laughs> um... So check that out as well, if that's on, on TV. <laughs> sure. And then I'm starting a new podcast, which should premiere in June, called Hey Riddle Riddle. Oh. Um, so give a listen to that. Yeah, what's that about? And, uh, it's um, myself, a guy named JPC, and uh, a woman named Erin Keefe, who plays Momo on Hello Oh, yeah, Town. she's great. And it's basically us reading um, different riddles or different sort of word puzzles and then trying to solve them and dissecting them and having huh. some fun with that. That is fun as hell. Yeah, I love that, that like idea. A great time. Well, yeah. very I was cool. thinking of like recently I was like, what podcast is not out there that I know of that I would want to listen to? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love word problems or riddles or any of that stuff. So Yeah, that is super cool. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm also excited for, I believe... Hello has two live shows at Gen Con in August, correct? Wow, you 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 called it Hello, which um, <laughs> is very overly familiar. No, I'm talking about Adele. She has two concerts oh, great. at Gen yes, Con, yes, yes. right? <laughs> Lionel Richie, hello. <laughs> yeah, oh shit. Is it Magic Tavern? Yes. <laughs> Why did I go to Adele uh, before Lionel Richie? I feel horrible I now. Know. <laughs> yeah, we have two, uh, thank you for that prompt. Yeah. We have two live shows um, at Gen Con going on, August... Uh, I think it's the second and the second and third. I haven't bought my tickets for the second yet, but I'm on it. I'm psyched. Um, So uh, yes, that Saturday, the first Saturday and um, Friday in August. Yes. And we are at Butler's auditorium, whatever that is called. (laughs) Um, The first show is almost sold out. um, And then we, we have the second show. And I feel like I'll go ahead and announce this because I feel like it's, by by the time this releases, it'll be said. But as I'm saying it now, this might be the first time that oh, it's been we mentioned. Well, we can cut it if we need to, but go ahead. <laughs> for for one of the shows, we'll have uh, Travis McElroy. Hell yes, that's exciting. Um, um, from some little podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> right. um, uh, he's so much better than I'll ever be. And then um, uh, Stuart Wellington from The Flop House. Oh, super cool. Oh, cool. You got Max so Fun guests lined up for days. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. 
So, so check out mm, that whatever website sells those tickets and <laughs> snatch them up. Ticket I am unprepared. That's <laughs> all good. Adol, thank you so much. Unfortunately, your uh, your segment went over two and a half minutes, which is what you promised no. us. So we have to kick you off. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but thank you so much for being on. We really appreciate yeah, it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And please, um, if you're at the Indianapolis shows, please uh, let's meet up and have a drink or say hi. Hell yes. You I will say he's going to be the guy with the... Uh, a bunch of ribs in his pants. <laughs> so I'll be the guy. <laughs> That's what we call a callback. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adol. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Hey, Evan. Hey, Saker. Um, did you know that you're living your life wrong? <laughs> yeah, every goddamn day. <laughs> really? I tried different ways to live my life, but I just keep falling into the same rut. What can get me out of it? Well, Nikki Smith can get you out of it. Can. I assume it's a she, but okay. you're right. I shouldn't assume. Well, she's, oh, never mind. A woman you should probably <laughs> never take advice from, but she's telling you to do it anyway. Nikki presents a weekly advice series on their YouTube channel called, what is it called, Luke? Eat it twice. <laughs> it's called minor puking noises. It's called Nikki tells you how to live your life, in which Nikki hilariously covers lots of topics, likely with much vulgarity. Are you into vulgarity? I am. What kind of topics do you think she covers? Well, uh, she's currently filming season two. She probably covers really? topics. Yeah, it's a YouTube series. Holy ball. I know. Why don't we have a YouTube series? We talked about it last week. Did you get your ass on it? Uh, yeah, yeah. We okay. Have, we have a YouTube series. How did it go? Oh, Luke is not happy about your YouTube series. No, he is not a fan. No. We, we play movie, we play movie uh, trailers. <laughs> Nikki's currently filming season two, and you can watch the entire 10-episode first season on the YouTube channel right now. Head on over to iabdpresents.com to check out that and all of their programs. I do want to say that Saker is making me hold my son here because he thinks it will make me stop this podcast quicker. And it but will. it will not because I'm just going to sit here being a bad father. You're twisting him like just never letting him stop moving. Yeah, he can't stop moving. Otherwise, he starts to heat up. Did you? Then he'll, hold, he'll like just stand. He'll, it's the funniest thing. Like he'll just stand up and he'll put his hands on my shoulders and he's really hot. And then he'll just open his mouth and like light will just come out. And then in the in the middle of the light, you can kind of see an eye. And you feel like the eye is just about to open. That's why I can't ever let him stop moving. You can learn these tips and more on Nikki Tells You How to Live Your Life. Thanks for listening. That's just a low rumbling noise. <laughs> All right. Okay, it's time to spin that wheel and see where we land for our bonus segment this week. So, our bonus segment this week is... Up and done. The bonus segment for If I Had a Million Dollars is called Hello City. So, Evan, this is another one of yours. Oh, boy. This track is the theme song for a municipality or state. So, what place and why? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> for If I Had a Million Dollars, that's true. So, where would If I Had a Million Dollars be the theme song for? Uh, I feel like someplace in rural West Virginia. <laughs> Why? Because I feel like they those towns are desperately in need of an influx of, of wealth. <laughs> so this is, oh God, this becomes a really sad song yeah. if it's for a very poor area. So uh, if this song is like, oh God, because it would be like a, uh, this makes me real sad now because it's like a song for a municipality that is sort of like a coal town. Right. It's falling on hard times and there's like one millionaire left in the town. And he's just spending his money on superfluous garbage. He's like <laughs> buying houses for his mistress, tree houses for his mistresses and like <laughs> right. exotic animals while people are just like 
uh, just fallen on real hard times. <laughs> and he's like, he closed down the oh like God. the the table factory, and so the town is just. He's just one of those like heartless millionaires, like you see in like the eighties dramas. I think you are pitching right now a movie that would be amazing like this this shitty like rural town somewhere in the south or wherever shitty well uh, you're right i'm sorry <laughs> there's no value judgments here we're not looking down on this these people. rundown rural town somewhere in uh yeah. in in the south or or wherever and uh and and the the one millionaire who kind of owns the town like oh he bought an emu and then it got loose so like i could see a big set piece where the people of the town are like having a conversation and then a fucking emu attack or like this is a movie called if i had a million dollars uh and it's about how they eventually overthrow and kill the millionaire and steal it's a heist movie it's a rural heist movie You've changed this around a lot. I've this 100% is, this changed a... this question. You don't agree? So you could you want to pick a municipality? Okay, so the municipality is name it. It doesn't have to be a real one. We can we can name it ourselves. Parkersburg. Parkersburg is a real municipality. I know it. <laughs> in West Virginia. I sure know it. If I had a million dollars. Okay, what would Parkersburg do with a million dollars? That's probably also nothing because not the there's literally no municipality i mean there's probably some incredibly small small oh, yeah. town whose lives would be changed by a million dollars yeah, yeah it's yeah. like what would i do if i had an extra 20 dollars in my wallet because town budgets are oh so here's uh here's what this is the theme song to i think the municipality is hell michigan because hell michigan only has like three people in the town mm -hmm. so if they actually had a million dollars that would significantly in uh, uh, uh better the lives of those people okay as opposed to a regular town if i had a million dollars who cares like uh, we could build one road or like but these people from hell they live in hell number one which is like mm -hmm. pretty bad in itself but they would be they would their lives would be so much better so so do you, do you think they'd spend it on exotic stuff no i think they'd invest it evan that's always the correct answer to if i had a million dollars they would pay down their mortgage and student loans yes exactly and then invest the remaining amount of money i know it's not funny but well, that's it's just real. basically that's that's all of my wishes <laughs> yeah right like whenever exactly. I, I played i'm a millionaire that's sort of like the millennial crutch though is you, you always think about stuff like that that's oh, like, yeah. that's just our generation it's, it's what like, gets you by every day yeah i'm afraid that i will not be financially solvent in the future right <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm scared. This song isn't about being terrified or scared, though. It's about happy, joyful. This is the beautiful things I would spend my money on. Yeah. And I think the people of hell could really use some cash. So it's not even having a million dollars. It's having a surplus wealth. Like wealth, you're taking care. All your needs are taken care of, and then you have extra money on top of that you can spend on whatever you want. Right. Which I don't think is a question I could answer because I have no idea what I would spend it on. Right. That's a hard question, yeah. Um... I haven't right. even thought that far ahead. I, it's just so outside my realm of understanding. Right. Yeah. Oh. oh what fun. What That's fun. Our accursed generation. <laughs> what fun it is to be a nothing heir. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, this is the point of the show called Bare Naked Mails, where we read an email. If you have an email for us, you can email us at itsallbeendonepodcast at gmail.com. Evan, today I actually want to share two pieces of email with you. Uh, this a double first, deuce. This first piece of email. Drop is a not, deuce on me, man. It's not a question. All right, I'm laying down. Are you just, ready? Just push, push it out. Push I'm dropping it. Push that deuce. Here comes one. Deuce this number is an, one. This is an email from a man called uh, Tracy Camo, and Tracy Camo has sent us an email. It's not a question. It just has this picture in it. 
I'm allowing Evan to view the picture. So that's Washington crushing the Delaware. But Why don't you zoom in on that I'm, shit? I am zooming Pinch it and in. squeeze. Is it Washington crossing the Delaware? It is the bare naked ladies crossing the Delaware. Yes. Do you remember in uh, episode two, I think, where we talked about how all Canadian high schools have a statue outside of their mm-hmm. high school where it's instead of Washington <laughs> crossing the Delaware, it's the bare naked ladies crossing the Delaware. And I think it's interesting that they, in the place of Washington, they put Ed Robertson and not Stephen Page. So that Whoa. makes a lot of sense. It's some commentary. Yeah. Page is the uh, flag bearer, but he is not the... He's not the captain of that ship. Yeah. And then of course... Uh, Jim Cregan is huddled in back, like, <laughs> like scared and sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's from Tracy. Uh, Tracy is the host of Bare Naked ABCs, a podcast that we threw serious shade on in episode one. Um, Evan, I don't know if you know this, but on their baby seat episode, they shot back against us. Oh, they said, "Here we go." Fuck y'all. <laughs> How long have they been doing this? Oh, shorter than us, so they're copying us. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are copying you, even yeah. though we didn't find out about you till after like our third episode. Yeah. No, we talked about him on the first episode. We talked about punching down. It was a oh, real shitty yeah, thing yeah. to say. But we had recorded a bunch of practice episodes yes. before we actually looked for other Brandon exactly. Kennedy podcasts. Yeah, we yeah. recorded some practice apps. Um, My mistake. So uh, Tracy and all the crew there at Brandon and ABCs, thank you for this olive branch. I truly enjoy it. Uh, Ed crossing the Delaware. This I might blow it up and hang it in our studio here so that we can always have something to aspire to. Um, I do not accept your olive branch. Oh, like shit. Like Washington crossing the Delaware, we are America and you are the Brits. Damn. You may have been here first, but we're creating our own nation. Oh, shit. We're coming back at you. We're coming back at you hard. Just wait till you get our picture that Seiko's going to make. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm looping. Just like America, I'm going to drag my allies into this war. <laughs> Uh, they actually invited us to be on an episode. Yeah, they're probably super nice. Actually, I've listened they're, to a bunch of episodes, and they seem like very, very, very kind nice people, people, and I felt bad immediately. We're just bad at podcasting. You know, it's hard. <laughs> we are the worst. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Firing shots. Oh, uh, no, we just clipped on that. They invited us. It's fine. They invited us to be on an episode, and I think we should take them up on it. I think oh, it'll be yeah, fun. yeah. I told them next B-side they get to that we we'll never cover. Yeah, we'll chit-chat. Yeah, it'll be fun. Chit-chat, chit-chat. Uh, but our real question from this week uh, comes from, not Tracy, uh, but it comes from a man named Dan Blake. Dan Blake asks... Oh, one word? Dan Blake, yes. Uh, if the Brandigan ladies squandered a million dollars, how would they do it? They already told us. But I mean, they tell us different things every time. Yeah, they do. A treehouse. But if they squandered a million dollars? Yes. And uh, we're also only getting Stephen and Ed's squandering in that song. Okay. We also have to think about Kevin, Tyler, Andy, and Jim. How so, would they respond? I feel like Jim Cregan would spend it on improv lessons. <laughs> because Why he's ob- improv? I feel like he would spend it on a lot of, uh, you know, he's he seems like a man with a lot of interests. Uh-huh. And I don't necessarily know if that's squandering. Like, investing in yourself is not squandering. So I, I take that back because I, I'd have to make him squanderers. Uh-huh. So he's going to get he's gonna get pearl inlays on that base. <laughs> is he? I th- he's he's going to get a grill. He seems like the kind of guy who has a lot of hobbies. I think he might take up homebrewing. Yeah, and again, that's not squandering the money, though. No, not like, at all. It, giving your, like, training yourself in a new skill is not a squandering of wealth. Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, you're... <laughs> okay, so, so let's... He would buy a... F- <laughs> he would buy a, uh, rep- a katana, a set of katanas <laughs> of Lord Daicho. Jim Cregan. <laughs> yep, Jim Cregan. Who is obsessed katana. with Asian culture. Wakizashi. <gasps> Hold up. Jim Tachi. Cregan would buy a katana. Tyler Robinson would buy a bow staff. 
Andy Krieger would buy some nunchucks. <laughs> and who am I missing? Kevin Hearn would buy some Psy. And I think they might fight crime at nights and uh, live in a sewer underneath Ed and Steve's house. So that would be squandering. Making them making them into the, their selves into vigilantes would be... <laughs> I feel like they're, they're not equipped for that. They have many talents, but I feel like crime fighting isn't in the bare naked ladies paradigm do you remember when there was that big movement where people were dressing up in in crime fighting clothes and vigilanteing by night in like chicago and... i remember it being a movement but i don't remember it being big i bet there were less than a dozen people who did that probably i remember there being news stories about it which is why yeah. i had the perception that it was big would it surprise you to know that i actually know one of the people who vigilanteed at night uh in los angeles <laughs> What? <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> You're giving me some real sass on that one. Um, yeah, she uh, she really uh, was into it for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, does she, like, do they just, when they see something happening, they just call the cops? Like, <laughs> or do yeah. they get involved? Do they, like, I pull out their bow staff? And... I know some of them did. I don't know specifically if she got involved or Because I feel like the difference between a good citizen and someone who is a crazy person right is whether they get involved <laughs> that's a good samaritan yeah i mean again <laughs> there are certain there are certain things where you as a good citizen should get involved if you see someone getting like you know if there's obviously trouble or whatnot but right. i feel like inserting yourself into a situation right 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 <laughs> this is true where someone isn't being hurt <laughs> Like, if you see someone running down the street with, like, a bag of, like, like a bag with dollar signs on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, then it's okay? No, it's not okay. You just want to call the police at that point. Why? They're goofy. They're a cartoon. <sighs> but you're a real person. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, they probably do have a gun, don't they? Did they carry a gun? No. I'm saying the guy with the dollar oh, sign bag. The superheroes, do they carry guns? Oh, I hope so. that takes a very dark... I don't like, think so. I think they just had, like, God, blunt so like objects. Open carry people too <laughs> Ugh, yeah oh, i don't man. think so I, I don't think so i think they're mostly very s smart people who are just looking for some excitement in their life it's very interesting life choice uh i don't know i bet i bet that they they're all types i bet there are it runs the gamut from people who do should not be out there to people who are just trying to do good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I have nothing wrong with people trying to do good yeah uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now's the time in the cast when we like to read a little iTunes review from our our friends, compatriots, compadres. Here's a review from a man named Heart Trip. Heart Trip says, "Great pod, five star review. I can't believe I've slept on this show for so long. Lots of laughs every week." Heart Trip, thank you. That is very sweet. You think he listens to us to go to sleep? Uh, no, I think I think his phone is shoved under his pillow and it mm -hmm. accidentally is playing it. And he's surprised when he wakes up. I can't believe I slept on it. he lost his phone. He lost his phone in his mattress. <laughs> yes. And it's just looping our... Well, it, it got like... He like butt dialed us basically on iTunes. <laughs> like, so it's been downloading all these podcasts. And he's just been sleeping on it. Yes. He's he's posting this from his computer because he can't <laughs> yeah, find his phone. I can't find my phone. I know it's in my bed somewhere. somewhere. I can't believe I slept on it. Uh, but he does say lots of laughs every week. So even oh. if he hates himself, he's still laughing about it I hate yourself for losing a phone no you hate yourself Never. for listening to a better good ladies podcast on repeat forever <laughs> actually maybe not yourself but maybe us yeah yeah we're the worst yeah we are the worst sorry heart trip we're sorry that you uh, apologies that you have to deal with us 
Um, but if you want to deal with us, you can <laughs> leave an <laughs> iTunes review. Uh, we are It's All Been Done, a Bandicoot Ladies podcast on iTunes. We're at Been Done Pod on Twitter. It's All Been Done, a Bandicoot Ladies podcast on the Facebook. It's been done. Uh, it's been done. And you know what? It'd be done now, Evan. We're at the end of the episode. We are definitely at the end of the episode. Um, Evan, is there anything that you'd like to maybe do after this podcast is done? Yes. What do you want to do? I want to go. Oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Before you say it, plug something. your mouth plug your butt I'll plug your butt with your mouth yeah, I'll bend you over backwards I'll human centipede you but you're just gonna be one person it's <laughs> gonna be a closed loop saker I'm gonna close that loop for you oh solo human centipede that's fun that's fun you'd be a human monopede <laughs> yeah. I only have one leg yep, I'm taking your legs too, okay, so cool. taking the limbs I'm gonna take the so you can lie on your side I'm gonna take the limbs you're gonna be like a little a little Taurus, right? You're going to have one little loop. And then I'm going to take the limbs on one side of your body so that you've only got one leg and one arm so you can kind of like paw around. Can you please at least put the leg in the middle of my body from now on so that, like, just slice it off and, and attach it so that I can hop like sort of a pogo stick Chinese vampire. Yep, I'm sure that's exactly how you'll move. <laughs> I cannot wait to see how you figure out how to move. I'll have a well-adjusted With the life. body I have made for you. <laughs> With my mouth on my ass jumping around like a Chinese vampire. Well, I'm Saker. So if you're like a donut, <laughs> I'm going to put you on your side and then put the leg right up the middle. Okay. And I then... feel like you'll roll me down a hill first just to have some fun. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can be rolled. Do you ever roll yourself down hills at Mill Creek Park just for fun? Yeah, I used to roll myself. We have a, I had like a big plastic tube. Tube. Yeah? Uh, it was from like a industrial pipe or something. And yeah. you just get inside the tube and roll yourself down the hill. And that was a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun. I like rolling. Some, one time I rolled in dog shit. Love rolling. Well, I'm Saker. Always be rolling. <laughs> and Here this we are. is rolling. With one week. Week. River. One leg.